Okay, so uh, Mary Allison Wu, we got the basics of talking about the important things of community as we're growing up, and let's let's talk for a minute about your what was your first experience online in some sort of community? Was it was it like on Facebook? Was it on uh, AOL uh, chat rooms? What was it? So before any of that happened, there was ARPANET. Um, and that was where I started. Back in those groups in those days, this was, I don't know, was Zuckerberg even alive then? But the, some industries and all universities had a network where in theory, the researchers were talking with each other about certain high-end research stuff, right? There was a lot of other stuff going on. We had all of these group groups did not have nearly the concepts or capabilities that Facebook did, but they were tight groups. And there were some, they were all public. There were no ways to make a private group. So one thing we learned was just like, you know, when your mom knew everything you did, anybody could find out anything you put in a group at that, or anybody who had access could. So you kind of didn't have privacy, which the moment I figured that out was quite relieving to me. It's like, oh, okay, I don't have privacy. So right now, here I am sitting and talking to Hal on Zoom, and Hal is live streaming this on his Facebook, which is public, and everybody can see it. And, oh, I don't have privacy. I'm okay with that. Do we? I can moderate my voice. I, I have an interesting question about that. It's sort of like it's not. It's not really about the origins of of, of how we built the value of community in our own minds, but. Um, have we given up a certain amount of privacy and are willing to do so because of the value that we get from it? I mean, is it a trade-off? I don't know. I know, I, I know, and accept that I don't have privacy. I also know people that will not be in certain places because of the lack of privacy. So it, might be a trade-off, but I think it's important that we know. Mm -hmm. So, okay. you know, we, we, we later on we're going to talk about you know different group settings and everything. Like we talk about private groups and secret groups and public groups and all that stuff. And um, it's it's interesting that we have the ability these days, which I think it's a real advantage that we have the ability to set the privacy standards for our communities, depending on what our mission is and and who we expect to be members of that community. So that's, that's really a good value there. Okay, let's talk for a minute about your first social community. Your first- I, can, you know. I have to talk about two of them. Go ahead. I have, I've not gone, my first, first one was back in the ARPANET days. Um, it was a group of people that loved the TV show Quantum Leap and we kept 
jumping down rabbit trails. And the Usenet people did not like the rabbit trails we were jumping down. So basically we got kicked off and told to go make our own email list, which was fine. This was in, I think that show started in 88 maybe. So this is this was a couple of minutes ago. Now we fast forward to 2015, August of 2015, as we hopped on an airplane and my entire family flew, flew across the country to take my son to California to drop him off at college. Mm -hmm. There were people that I had known since those days. They were around 10 years before he was born or almost 10 years before he was born. We went out to hang out with them before he went to college. And every one of the people of that group pulled him aside at different times during the evening and talked to him. Now, these were people he may have met a couple of them once or twice, but certainly had not spent any time with them. But they saw him as a cyber nephew. Like, this is part of our family, and we're telling him things to take care of them. It was just like, I have no idea what they're saying to them. And there is a complete trust here. So I'm not worried about what they're saying to him. But, you know, when you can take threats, the thread of that community and have it go that long. That, you know, you just, you just, you just put your finger on a foundational concept that I have about community. And that's a, taking, a, taking responsibility and, and, and owning a responsibility for the community which is really what we started talking about originally. And it's it's going to be a common theme throughout all of this podcast and all of my podcasts, which is the value of community in general. And, and you know, I like to put it, because I, lo I love donuts and cake. I'm a junk food guy. Um, I always talk about the possible, exactly. Wow, CLC, I'll trade you a meta cup for a CLC cup. <laughs> oh, I ain't trading my CLC cup. <laughs> This was from the Chicago Circle back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yep. I love it. I we I just my podcast day before yesterday was with Avani, uh, very much involved with CLC. But anyway, okay. So, um, what was your first experience in a Facebook community with managing it? Talk now, first, I have to talk about my other community. Go on. Let's hear it. Which is another community that started from being kicked out. This again was on Usenet. This was a miss.kids.pregnancy group. And when you were pregnant, you went on the group to find out what people need to know when they're pregnant. And what they did when, when you had a baby, you were kind of kicked out of the group. Or even before you had, you know, you're like, you're not pregnant. So they took birth months and birth months form their own lists usually email lists. And some of those petered out. Um, Mike was pregnant with my son in early, late 95, early 96. It is 2023. I am still together with those people. As in, we had a, we have a reunion every year and I saw them in December. No, in October in Boston. So we still get together on an annual basis. We still meet each other. If somebody's in somebody else's city, you visit with them. Um, it was weird when we first, first started and people were going to these reunions when they first started and 
bringing their babies to meet a bunch of people that they'd never met in person. They'd only met over the internet. And it's like, but they're my people. And it might've been hard then to be able, for somebody to be able to look and see they're your people. But if you look at me now and say, oh, you mean these people that you've been together with since 96, they're your people? Yeah, if you've been together since 96, they're probably your people. Yes, they're my people. Why, Mary, why why stay connected for so long like with, with your people? Why? What, what value do you get from that? Well, there and these both of these groups are, you know, the both of the groups I mentioned are had a solid, had a single thing that brought the group together. So we all had kids that were born in August of 1996 and have had similar life experiences since then. Um, now some of us are becoming grandparents from our kids. Some of us are having our kids getting off and getting married. We just have all these similar life experiences. And since we're in the same stage of life, I think there may be because women's biology works different about a 15, 20 year age difference in the women in the group, but we all have kids the same age. So we're all going through similar ups and downs and ins and outs of life, going through the college searches together. One of the moms sent, had her daughter go to Chicago and her daughter was a dancer. So I went to her dance programs and then when she moved out of the dorm into an apartment, she called, you know, she sent me an email and she's like, Mary, can you come pick me up and drive me to Ikea so I can get some furniture and then drive me back to my dorm? And I'm like, no, Ikea is 10 minutes from my house. Send me a note what you want. I'll go pick it up and deliver it. Yeah. Okay. And so, so here's, here, here's, here's the, here's like, the value question if community like we know it today was a cake was like a cake baking cake a, cook, a, a donut what are two or three of the absolutely essential ingredients of that cake that we call community that must be there for it to be for it to be attractive to you or you think should be attractive to members in their entirety in other words you're creating a community you know okay well what are, what are those ingredients i mean you know you can you can bake a cake without icing it's nice to have icing but you don't have to have icing it could still be a good cake but you know based generally speaking you probably can't do it without flour or butter the very basic essentials of a community what are those what are those values what are those ingredients what are those what are those couple of things that you can think of that every community must have in order for it to be successful well it's interesting because one of the reasons i don't bake is because it's science and you have to have everything measured properly so there are things you don't need like you don't need something that's going to completely wreck the mix so i i would you be able to put vinegar in a cake probably not it probably wouldn't rise or something right, like that. Right. You have to make sure that the ingredients that are there build upon each other. Like what? What? It's a community cake. What's the community ingredients? Agreement. Um, it's, uh, united vision. United mission. You know, we're here for each other. Mm -hmm. We're here for each other because we have a commonality. 
Um, we don't necessarily wander off. You know, we're not worried about what other people are doing. They're not here. Um, let's see. And you got to have a little bit of spice, though. Even though it's not an essential ingredient, it's got to be there. Why? A little bit of fun, a little bit of spice, a little oh. bit of something, something. Why? What if it's a serious community about like a disease or something? You still, you still need some spice, or should we always talk be talking about the illness? Yeah, I think you always need a little bit of levity. Why? And I think that it's all fruitcake. Because the thing that makes a fruitcake is you take everything and put it together and let it marinate and let that growth happen that takes all that time and if you think about it fruitcakes last for years and you can keep passing them around <laughs> so i think it's a fruitcake i don't I, think it's I a like cake that. i think it's a fruitcake i like that i like fruitcake once a year um i'll tell i'll give you an experience about a little bit of that spice uh i supported an admin this happened like six or seven years ago he needed help with a very serious community about a about a fatal illness and he it was it was focused on this serious illness i was helping him organize it i was just you know doing like you know house cleaning stuff with him in the background just supporting his cause and um i noticed that i think it was on a sunday morning or a saturday morning he put up and remember this is a very serious group with a very serious mission about a fatal disease i mean it's like serious stuff right and this lends itself to the spice that you're talking about in, in a community and what he did was he put up a post about a 1960s cartoon trivia question i forgot what the i forgot what the question was right it's something you know in this 19 like for example uh what company did wild e coyote always go to buy things that he was trying to catch a road runner with and anybody acme exactly right okay now and I think what he was giving away was he any the first person that got the answer correct to the silly trivia question, he gave away a free lifetime membership to the commute to the group, but it was free to begin with. So he really it was just like a fun kind of thing to do, right? So at first I was take for a moment, just for a brief moment, I was taken aback. I'm like, how can you joke around with these people who are you know going through serious treatments and illnesses? And every few days, somebody's coming in. I'm my my. I'm the husband of so and so, and thank you everybody for your support. But she passed away, and you know, it's really serious stuff. And I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But in reality, after thinking about it for a moment, he knew exactly what he was doing, and it was a life lesson in community that I carry with me today, that helped me build the foundation of. No matter what our communities are about, they're they're people. They're human, living, breathing people. And before we started recording, before we went live, I had mentioned to you that it's it's been my mission since I got involved with online communities to take the value set that I was brought up with, the next door neighbor with the flowers lesson, or the lessons you shared about you know the lady taking responsibility for all the kids every year, and putting that online taking that value set and somehow figuring out a way to do it here in, in a very, very, what could be considered a, a non-touchy-feely, you're far away, 
I don't need to get intimate with you when it comes to your diseases or illnesses or cares or ups and downs of life. I could just be nice to you and everything's going to be fine. But it's so much, it needs to be so much more than that. It needs, we need to, we need to have, show empathy. We need to, we need to feel a part of, I mean, I, I, I've had the, I've had the experience of knowing some people who were very much alone. And one of them told me quite a while ago that they could feel, they could be in a stadium of 150,000 people and feel totally alone. That there's no common bond, there's no commonality, there's no feeling of security and safety because they never, it's not their people. And it's been my mission to change that. One group, you know, it started out as one group at a time. Now it's the entire platform at a time, every way I have the opportunity to do so. So um, talk to me for a minute about LinkedIn. I'm going to bring it up. Because it's, it's where I hang. Why? Um, from a business perspective, I hang out on it because that's where I can find clients for my business. Um, for my clients, it's where they can find people. But one of the interesting things about LinkedIn is um, we we broke it in 2020. We went out on purpose and we just broke it. People always thought of LinkedIn as uh, HR kind of universe. LinkedIn was originally started as another community platform. So I think it started before Facebook. But what people were finding is, is as you're connecting with people, you find what you need and a lot of people need jobs. So they would meet people who would know people who would know other people in companies. And it evolved into the HR platform. And then it evolved into a platform where business to business people connected and companies had a presence. And then in the mid teens, we got this kind of a, oh, you would be him. All you would need to do would be put on a bow tie. Um, you know, that guy in the box, very nondescript, just sort of a generic guy. And he'd be, and that was what everybody thought of LinkedIn. Older guy in a box. And we forgot that it was humans or didn't think of it as humans. It was all business all the time we thought. It wasn't really, it was kind of subtly shifting. And then we got locked up. We all got locked up with kids doing homework and the dog and the neighbor. And we were locked in our houses with our family and couldn't talk to anybody. And we started finding community outside of our home. Some of it in a Zoom screen, some of it in Facebook groups, some of it on LinkedIn. And then some of those nondescript guys started complaining like, they don't belong here. You kids get off of my lawn. Like, <laughs> the nasty neighbor that, that 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 guy was where the ball landed and you couldn't go get it. It was the guy where the ball, but guess what? <laughs> the little 12-year-old girl who would not climb over that fence into that guy's yard to get her ball. She grew up. That's right. You know, I, uh uh, I'm climbing over that fence. I'm getting my ball. This is my place now. A lot of people think about LinkedIn as a job source. I'm going to put my stuff out there. I mean, most all of us or many of us have our LinkedIn profile about our experience and our professional life and all that stuff. And 
a surprising thing i actually i found i found a side of, of linkedin that i didn't honestly i didn't know about because i didn't look because i'm a facebook guy right i live eat and breathe facebook as you know um a, a dear a dear friend and uh a former manager's manager of mine kemi said uh check out this community on linkedin and you're like what what LinkedIn groups on linkedin Right. And I was, you know, I was collecting followers and, you know, I was just threw my resume out there and, you know, I would go there every now and again, once every few months. And if I remembered and I'd toss something up until I found the communities and I realized like, wow, this is another place I can find my people. You know, have you ever, have you ever had a situation in, in your online experience where uh, you went looking for your people and didn't find them? So you decided to create the community to get your people? Or was it always somebody else that 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 you? Oh, there's my people. Um, it's interesting thing that will happen, and a lot of so LinkedIn, like I was saying, has gone away from the guy, and a lot of people with unique and different sort of businesses have started coming onto LinkedIn, and they're finding they can attract their community by doing something really amazing and surprising and nobody's ever thought of it you go out and you talk to people and you be yourself wow what a concept and if you be yourself then all of a sudden people people are going to like you or they're not and no matter who you are people are going to like you or they're not and i tried this with my first husband it didn't work very well you know like try to be somebody that you're not so no, it's just be who you are and find the people that'll like you for who you are. And it's amazing how well that works. So we should should we add should we add authenticity to the ingredients for the community cake? Oh, absolutely. Because if it's not, it is so hard to try to be somebody else. It's hard to live that daily. You, you can't. That's where the burnout comes in way early on. Like if you're trying to not be you, that's it. That's, just, that's scary. Exhausting. It sounds exhausting. I think there were times in my life and, and I don't, I don't think it was online, but there were other times in my life where I wanted to fit in with that community or that person or that. And I was like, What's the old thing? I, I I was a chameleon. You know, I changed I changed everything about me so that I could feel a part of whatever uh, it was. That makes sense. It well, and then you get you don't know who you you can't find yourself if you do it too long. You get lost, and oh, that's hard. I belong to this organization. It has nothing to do with Facebook. Nothing to do with no, nothing to do with social media, and um. It, this is funny. In in that other world, part of my world, but it's another world. Um, we they say I love you a lot, love you. And when we were doing face to face get-togethers, we would hug a lot. I'm a hugger. I, I, I I'm a hugger. Okay, I'm a hugger. That's, you know, ever since COVID, I sort of like, you know, I'm like the fist bump fist bump guru. But anyway. I 
we we say I love you a lot in this other part of my world. And I was in a, I was at work at Facebook in a in a team meeting. And at the end of the meeting, because we had we had like Zoom meetings with, with my team, and um, it was a lighthearted meeting, and and I said, I love you. I said, no, wait a second, hang on. I, let me explain myself, right? So I, I came up with this like silly call out. I'm sending you a non-creepy community type human resources compliant hug. <laughs> and this become a joke among among three or four of us that, that work together. And there was another time where because I had this experience over decades with this community of hugging and saying I love you and all that stuff. At the time I owned a painting company a decade ago. And one of the sales guys in my local Sherwin Williams paint store, I have no association with them. It happened to be a Sherwin store. I'm out with my wife at like target or something. We're shopping around doing the honey do list. I'm pushing the shopping cart behind my wife being a good husband. And I see this guy. That's the manager of the local Sherwin Williams paint store. And for a brief moment, I didn't recognize him just for a moment. And I said, Hey, how you doing? And I went up and hugged him. And I, I didn't understand for about 30 seconds why he seemed to be like taken aback by my show of affection. You don't hug your paint guy. You don't hug your manager at the paint store, right? So I said, listen, I, and I forget his name. I said, listen, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm a hug guy. And he goes, no, it's okay. It's okay. But it was a lesson in like community where he was a different part of my world. You know, we're, we're intimacy. I mean, are you intimate with intimate with the sales guy at the paint store? No, he knows what color my living room is, but that's about as deep as it's going to get. <laughs> A little fun experience. Okay. You're, you're meeting with a brand new community manager that has a minimal level of experience. And, and we, we discussed early on, like what sort of like topic or, or flow we wanted to have today. And you said how the thread of community transcends everything we do. So now you got this new community manager that's coming in and, you know, they've got a minimal level of experience. They know what an admin is, you know, that basic stuff. And they say, Mary, help. I want to create a community. I don't want you to create it. It's mine. I want to do it all myself, irrelevant of what the subject is or the mission is or the intent is. What advice would you give me as a brand new community person? What, what, what? What do you want me to know before I started? So when I started, it's more successful and less painful. One of the errors I see people make early on is not understanding and accepting the fact that it's going to be long game. That you are not going to start up something and have it have, okay, we were just talking about Lolo or Lolo or Lolo. 1.7 million in her group. We You're love Lola Omalola. And it's not just because we love saying her name. We, we do love saying we love her. In an HR compliant community manager. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. If, if I saw Lola Omalola today, right now, I would not give her an HR compliant hug. 
<laughs> nothing, we would be like, oh, <laughs> squeeze if I saw that girl. Is that is that like so? Is that you like? Is she like your internet crush? <laughs> I um well, she was the head of the Chicago Community Leadership Circle. Right. We yep. we we were buddies. Like yep. I got to give her a ride home one day and jibber jabber for a long. I'm, I'm, I have asked Lola multiple times, but she's so so busy. I want to get her on a podcast. So if you watch this, Lola, I'm calling you out publicly. Let's hook up. Let's get together. Let's do a podcast. Um, Lola, I'm telling you, he won't hurt you. I promise. You should do this. I love it. Donuts, free donuts. Every podcast person gets a set of free donuts. I mean. And free coffee as long as you walk to the kitchen and make it yourself. Correct. Okay, so uh, let's get let's get back to uh, the new community person. What do you What do you need to tell them besides fresh coffee and and good donuts? Oh, coffee! I didn't even mention that coffee. Long game. So if you're not, you're if it's if you've got a lot of people in your community, you and I both know that it is work. It is work to keep a built up community, but it is work to make that. And that work is not getting rewarded with perks and with people talking to you and people engaging. It's a blank room, a blank screen and nothing happening. And that's okay because it's long game. And the next thing I would do would be to say, before you even um, start start it before you hit the button. You have rules set up in advance that are well thought out. And then the other thing I always tell people is one of the rules is the rules can be changed. Because as we're going through, all of a sudden you find out they're doing what? And then you change that particular rule so they don't do that anymore. Yep. But you have to be able to say, but, but the rule was, but the rule was also the rules can be changed and that rule changed. Thank you very much. There was a, I, I admin a, 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 a moderate size local buy sell community, yard sale group, like 53,000 people or something like that, several hundred posts a day. And early on, we had this, this thing where um, you couldn't put missing persons posts on there because we were concerned that, you know, the person that's putting it is, this, is an angry spouse that's abusing the other spouse and they're trying to track them down. And we just thought that was a safety issue for, for you know, abused family members and so forth. And then we used to, at the same time, and this is a lesson in changing your rules, at the same time, we used to allow missing pet. Uh, my, 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 my dog Fido is missing in this part of town. Here's a picture of him. Anybody see him, contact me. And a, a member sent a message to the admin page saying, how can you allow missing pets but not allow missing persons? Which was like, hmm. That's so a I good back question. Yeah, it's a great question, right? Your cat's more important than your husband or wife. So I went back to the team. I know, yeah. <laughs> I went what back to the team and I said, "We got a problem. We got we have we have some. Let's talk about something because I have a team." So we talked about it, and I one of us said, "Well, why do we not allow missing person posts?" 
And it came out that was because we didn't want the estranged spouse to be tracking down the person that's hiding, rightfully so, from a, from an abusive relative or whatever. So the, another person on the team said, well, why don't we just allow that but require a, a link to a police report? Where it, it's a big dial 911. I'm like, oh, okay, let's all vote. Do we want to do that? We want to allow missing persons reports as long as there's a link to a police report. In other words, if you are, if your husband is missing because he, God forbid, has, you know, dementia or something, and there's a, the police is being on the lookout, then that's valid. If you're looking to track down your spouse because you want to abuse them, the chances of you having a police report is like slim to none. So we changed our community guidelines, our rules, because it made sense. And we grew in what we were doing in the community. It's like Calvin Ball. The rules are the rules until they change. That's right. That's right. And community, we, we, we talked about it in the certification program, that community guidelines, which which contain your mission, your intent, your tone, everything you're going to do. It's like the recipe to the community cake can be changed depending on the circumstances. You don't want to change them for every individual. You want to take a look at the entire community and do what's best for the entire community, which is really important to focus on that. So that's a good call out. Um, do you have, do you have any group communities that you have a team working with you admins and moderators? I do not at this point in time. Have you had them in the past? I have in the past. And a lot of times the game is just like, you know, we, sometimes you, if you agree to disagree, you have to do it civilly. I, I have also been a moderator of a group where I was like, we don't have any rules but we don't want you to make them. <laughs> I get so it. We're going to randomly make them, but there aren't going to be any rules. I did not live with that very long. Bye. <laughs> Ishan, an incredible community manager, is checking in and saying hello. So, hello. Good to see you, my friend. We should get together and have a one-to-one -one and talk about everything about community. Hint, hint. Um. Oh, we should double back because I should be telling we should be telling community managers how they can take advantage of LinkedIn. Go for it. Please do that. Because I'm, I'm kind of like I have the questions in the side of my screen and Hales has them on the side of his screen and we're passing. Pe people that have Facebook communities live on Facebook. Companies that may need to grow communities and the decision managers for those may be on LinkedIn. So making sure that you have a LinkedIn presence, you're posting, and you might know what companies you might be going after. Did you know you can put certifications on LinkedIn? And one of the certifications you could put on is one that looks similar to what's behind Hal's head over there. You can actually put an image of that right there and talk about the communities that you've helped. You can also get recommendations so that other communities you've worked with can say how wonderful you are. Let's, because, I want to dive into this, guys. Because go what? on, dive. Okay. 
Why would I want to invest any money in community if I'm if I'm a business owner or a brand? What value is that going to bring for me? That's Facebook. People talking about their dogs and their cats, and it's really toxic, and people yelling at each other. It's just like the Wild West. Why would I want to invest in that as a brand or as, a, as an owner of a business? Oh, boom. I'm going to go dogs. People are talking about their dogs and their cats. And let's say I'm just, just throwing this out as an example because... You didn't know I was going to ask that question, so go for it. I, you mentioned dogs. I have one. I do. Oh, I do not like. Um, I don't like extendable leashes. I do not like extendable leashes. Where can I go in town to get a really great leash? You can go to this wonderful locally owned pet store where the and the locally owned pet store can get their own community where they can offer advice about pets, um, have people talk about pets have walking groups meet, and everybody then goes back to the wonderful pet store to do their shopping. And people can meet at the wonderful pet store to have their dog walks. And people can get treats from said wonderful pet store because they're all talking about how much their doggies love those treats and how much their dogs Oh my gosh, like is 4th of July by you like it is near me where it's a week's worth of booming every single night for four or five hours. And oh my gosh, it's driving my dog crazy. Go to pet store, get a thunder shirt. They're right uptown. You can have them fitted on site. Sure, you could buy it from Amazon, but you're not sure if it's going to fit or not. But if you pop into local pet store, they'll fit it for you and they'll give them some CDB shoes. So, so the so the pet store that decides to invest. Now they can invest in community by creating a page, by creating a group. Then, then when it gets, you know, they, the pet store, we'll use that as an example today. The pet store wants to sell pet stuff. Their intent is not to be social media managers. So they come to us and they say, hey, you do what you do. Tell me, what do I have to do to have you involved in my community online so you can be a part of my message, my my persona online. So now you start to develop a relationship with, okay, well, do you have images? Oh, you got a lot of images? Great. We need them. We like images. You have you have advertising and all that stuff? Great. Let's do a page and we'll monetize it. Bah, 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 bah. Okay, good. Now you go back and you go sell pet stuff. And we're going to be part of your customer service department, sales department customer relations where you know you know how how when your people i'm talking to the pet store now right how people that are online at the checkout start talking to each other about oh you bought that why did you buy this oh that, that's exactly what you just talked about and that's what goes on in community because the mission everybody that's in the community is focused on the mission which is enjoying and nurturing and purchasing items from mr local pet store so i can do a lot as a community manager for a brand, whether it's Home Depot or Mr. and Mrs. Home Pet Store down the street, I got a lot to offer them. And pretty much I like the concept of Mr. and Mrs. Home Pet Store down the street because they probably need a little more local help mm -hmm. and a little more of that building of... Oh, so we can target our audience. Interesting. I'm being... Like, I'm and we we know what's happening. Oh, there's thunderstorms coming two days from now. Do you want to come in and get your CBD treats? 
Does the tea, does the thunder shirt still fit? We're having a flash sale this Saturday. Come on by. I like that. I always ask a question about something that, that you talked about. We're at an hour and change. I love it. Thank you so much for this time. We could talk for hours. It's just, it's cool. But anyway, um, you mentioned a, a, a word that we all, we all like mention every now and again, but I want to dig into it. Burnout. That's scary. I'm yelling at the tree because I'm, I'm frustrated online. You know, I, I, I've got so much to do. I, I don't know how to do all of this. I'm done. Well, hang on a second. Have you ever felt burnout? Um, I can usually recognize burnout because I, it comes right up in here. I wander off somewhere and I sit and I play games on my patio. like, And I could do that, but all of a sudden it's an endless thing and I'm not doing anything else. It's like, so it oh, turns, this is wrong. That turns self-care to escaping. Right. And the other way I can sometimes not tell it, I might be, and this will, this has happened to me more than once. Somebody has looked at me Okay, first I'm going to tell you my solution to burnout, my personal solution. Um, every month, my husband goes, my husband and I go to this place, and he goes down the hall that way, and he has an hour-long massage. And I go down the hall this way, and I get in a salt tank and float for an hour in, you know, sensory deprivation. Just the thought of it changes my whole tone and my whole body. I can tell burnout because there are people that will look at me and say, when was the last time you had a float? And if they say that to me, if certain people know me really well, has, <laughs> and it's like, okay, then sometimes I have to have it come from the outside. Somebody else coming in and telling me, Mary, it's time for some self-care and they know how I do. And I don't want, I would love everybody to love to float because I love to float. But what I really want is everybody to know what their thing is, what their, where they go when they talk to trees or whatever they do, whatever they do, where they need to put themselves. For some people, it's a yoga mat. For some people, it's a salt cave. For me, it's the um, float room. For my husband, it's the massage table. For other, another person, it might be sit by the bank of a river for an hour. My niece loves to go out on a kayak with her dog and look for birds. It doesn't matter what your thing is. You just got to know what your thing is and figure out how to do it. And then if your thing is like my niece with a kayak, she lives in Illinois, maybe have a Another option for when it gets to be way too cold out. I don't know what that other option is. Know what your option is and do it before you need it. And sometimes you might have to track it. Like, okay, I go for a float once a month and I'm very sane if I go for a float once a month. 
I go over six weeks. I'm sorry, Mary. Are you setting are you are you setting commitment boundaries for yourself? In other words, I can't spend 70 hours a day online and then you know doing household parent, husband, spouse things and have time left for Mary. Are, do you have like boundaries? I don't I don't need to know what they are, but do you have them? Amazingly enough, I have to, but the interesting thing is um, one of the things you asked about was, you know, balancing. That's not a one-time issue. You do not set your balance once and change it. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, we moved to Tennessee and I set up a whole new kind of lifestyle, not a whole new lifestyle, but new office, new setup new scheduling, new everything. And I had it all really down well. I worked basically three and two half days a week. I had my life to that. Where I didn't work on Monday mornings. I didn't work on Friday afternoons. Because I could have done a four-day week, but that would mean that I'd either have to work Monday morning or Friday afternoon. Didn't want either. I had it down. And then my daughter decided to like drop this baby out of her and because life was the way it is the baby's in the house and that schedule no longer worked because sometimes she would just be exhausted and I would spend a half of one of those days where my boundary was for work being with the grandbaby so then I might have to spend Saturday working because I had spent Wednesday with the grandbaby and then you have to kind of redo your whole balance again so, so you, what you're saying to me then is is that this concept of balance is not a destination. It's a journey. It's a journey and it's fluid. Subject to change. Yes. <laughs> Curves ahead. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. We're going to want, we have to wind this down. Uh, I got a couple of questions um, that are, that I, I'm going to surprise you with. I didn't put on the, on the question list and there, I saved the really serious stuff for the end because I don't want to put a bummer on it, but they're really serious things. You had a tough week this week. You're going to wind down besides, besides where you went with your husband. What does Mary do to like wind down and relax? Do you, do you have a glass of wine? Is there a, a TV show you like? Do you mow the lawn? What do you, you collect panda bears. What, what do you do that gives you the, that you're like escape? This is my um, HR acceptable shelf. My non-HR acceptable shelf is in the other room. We moved to Tennessee. And so I started, I decided I would explore the state by exploring one of the most important businesses in the state. We have distilleries. They make whiskey here. And then when you go to explore these distilleries, well, you must purchase some of the product because that supports local businesses. And so then I have an entire whiskey shelf. So sometimes I will sit out on my back patio and I will have a whiskey, usually neat because I'm too lazy to figure out how to mix up fancy cocktails. Just sit there with my whiskey and listen to my Neighbors, there's some coyotes. I think there's some owls, depending on what time of the year it is. There's some crickets, and just listen to what they have to tell me. Mary Wu, any last thoughts before I thank you? Um, come visit me in 
Tennessee and I'll show you my whiskey shelf, pal. We were in Tennessee last year. Dollywood and uh um we're like hours from Dollywood. Gatlin and Gatlinburg. Yeah, we're about four hours from there. I, we, it's it's funny. We're from the north. I'll make this real quick because we're running out of time. Um Lorraine and I, my wife and I are from Long Island, New York, straight off the boat. Uh it, it turns out that I'm southern by nature. I, I I'm home here. Uh, she had a little bit more of a, a learning process on getting becoming comfortable in the state of Georgia. And when we talked about taking a vacation in Gatlinburg, because I had a dear friend of mine say, you got to go to Gatlinburg, you're going to love it. My first, my wife's first comment was, I don't want to go there and see Civil War cannons and cannonballs. I said, no, no, that's not Gatlinburg. And it turned out that we had an absolute blast shot there's like a main street there where you can walk it's like tourist heaven and we just had such a good time in gatlinburg we keep wanting to go back we'll probably make another trip to it i think there's a couple of places there if one wanted to that one could purchase whiskey just and one moonshine and other oh, things i remember seeing moon i remember seeing moonshine advertised which was really interesting okay so anyway mary Wu, um i've known you for a long time but it's just, it's an honor and a pleasure to have sat with you today and uh, going over all the things about community. Um, let's circle back in some months from now and do this again. And uh, the podcast, for those of you that are listening, the podcast will be available in the next day or two at Hal's Donut House. Donut, why donut? Don't be afraid of community. Don't. Don't be afraid of community and don't be afraid of Hal, okay, guys? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, Mary Wu, thank you so much again. Um, it's been an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Hal. Thank you.